0: Ray is here on the Blaze Radio Network.
1: Great to start the week with you. 888-933-93. Pat Unleashed on Twitter. We have a brand new bingo card, of course, pinned to the top of Pack Ray Unleashed on Twitter. When you get bingo this sometime during the course of this week, be the first to call 888-933-93 to win a prize package, which includes, and is in fact, limited to, uh... worth of merchandise from PatGrayShop.com, and then you get the dozen cookies from Kexy.com. It starts in the upper left-hand corner this week with parading and milling. Mm. Uh, Then Keith saying... That's gross. And we have... uh, Whoa, Nelly! (laughs) Uh, I've often say... We don't know.
2: We're we can't not, figure we're not that sure one out where
1: that one is. I we I think that's a Biden screw up. Yeah,
2: yeah. So if you if you find it, you send it to us, and otherwise, that top row
1: is not going to be where bingo happens. <laughs> then Jeffy says, "Rail them up." Uh we get this the <laughs> rim shot. Do we have the clip? Which happens a million times a day. <laughs> Wait a minute. That's we a can almost right cover there. the other yeah.
2: one by talking
1: about that. <laughs> uh don't say. Don't say. So stupid. Yeah. Where no, no, nobody ever said, don't say no, nobody ever said that. Uh, we lost him. We lost him. And if you love it so much, why don't you marry, <laughs> why it? Don't you marry it? Jeffy. I'm a fan. Yum. Yum. Having an alleged affair with a Chinese spy. I refer to as yum. Yum. <laughs> <laughs> so good. Uh, good morning. Americans. Good morning. American. It's it's Friday. Okay. <clears throat> uh, then, of course, this. No, they firm. need to f- fulfill a uh, Felipe
3: They need to establish their mm. right name. Right. We analyze if they have not uh, criminal mm. precedents. Do Mexican
4: police go around asking for papers of mm. people they suspect are illegal of, of of immigrants? Course. Of course. Of course. If somebody course. sneaks in from sure. Nicaragua or some other country mm-hmm. in Central America through the southern border of Mexico, they wind up... In Mexico, they mm. can go get a job. They no, can no, work.
1: No, 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 no. If somebody no. do that without permissions, <laughs> we send back. We send back them. We send back them. If somebody do that without permissions, <laughs> we send back them. Uh huh. Wait, what? Yeah. He <laughs> didn't even. There was no touch of irony in him saying that. Mm. Like, okay, that's what you expect of us, but you don't do it. Mm-hmm. Oh, jeez. Uh, Keith saying, "I just want him gone." Mm-hmm. Joe Biden. So, you're saying there's a chance, starts the next row. Completely without feck. <laughs> Somebody who is feckless. Uh-huh. Completely without feck. Uh, this uh, no, from John I, Fetterman.
4: I, I, uh... It's brilliant. Would, would mm-hmm. Just, um...
1: Mm-hmm.
3: Really, like the, yeah. know, the 95... Right. 95,
1: 95. Sure. Really good. Really good. We we're just fortunate to have him in the U.S. Senate, aren't we? So fortunate. Mr. Twitter. Oh, that's you. Uh, where's the money? Where's the money? Keith saying... Uh, I'm just spitballing here. Now there's a hole in the sky.
0: There's a hole in the sky where the tree
2: once was. Somebody's making money. <sighs>
1: uh, the Jackie voice. Burr, I'm cold. It's cold. Burr. She hasn't said Burr, that in a while, cold. I bet. No, I, I'm i usually the one that says it now. Oh, uh, Jeffy says... Uh live and let live. And it's a jihad of mine. Oh, yeah. So it's a fun, fun list, <clears throat> fun bingo card this week. We'll see what happens. Listen carefully and cross them out as they happen. On Friday, <clears throat> Blaze TV put on an event for presidential candidates, and one of those candidates who yeah, no doubt Skyrocketed yeah, our to team. Very tippy top. We
2: got to give uh, credit to our team that did an incredible job with that. Um, excellent work all around I mm-hmm. love of our co-workers that made that happen. It looked great,
1: and it was, it was very newsworthy, I'll say that, what came out of that thing. Arkansas Governor Asa Hutchinson uh, was asked about gender-affirming care by Tucker Carlson. And uh...
5: and I believe in a limited role of government. And so, you know, if I don't think that California ought to be able to tell parents, you need to have gender-affirming care for the children. The government should not do that. And in the same way let's keep the government out of it unless it's that extreme case and let's let parents guide the children. I stand with parents.
6: So and and, and amen for standing with parents and I think everyone in the room would agree with that Um, but the reason I asked the question was not to bring up a sore subject which I I know that it is uh, but (laughs) to ask if in the subsequent two years you you had said that you drew the line at castration of, of physical altercation of a child's body because it's permanent but in the subsequent two years I think we've learned that hormone therapy for prepubescent children is permanent it changes the bone structure it changes the brain of the child a lot of people believe including me that it, it destroys the child's life but it is permanent it's not reversible so given that and the standard you just articulated do you have different feelings i mean this is a permanent change we are making to a child why would we allow that if we don't allow surgery Well, permanent change is one
5: issue, but also hormonal treatment is a different issue and can be a different issue. And whenever you look at the bill that I vetoed, there was not any grandfather clause in there. Again, uh, I respect legislators that have a different view, but I think independently, I think of the parents, I think of the Constitution, and actually the court, if you read the decision of the federal judge that struck it down as unconstitutional,
6: really sided with parents as well. But how, is it tre- but how is it treatment? I guess that's my question. If you have a child who says, who's born a boy, I want to become a girl. He hasn't gone through puberty yet. He's say 10. Is it treatment to prevent him from going through the natural process of adolescence? How is that treatment? It, it seems not like treatment. It seems like something else. Well, you have to
5: tucker i hope that we'll be able to talk about some issues i know that well this is one of
6: the biggest issues in the country and i think i would every person in this room would agree Hmm. that it is a a central issue because it these are children who are being altered permanently and you can defend that alteration that change (laughs) if you like but there's really no debate about whether or not it's permanent
2: huh Issa hutchinson yeah cut did he's not really stuck. No, it's not. It was there.
1: just explained to you how it's permanent, like the surgery. So what do you mean it's a different issue? No, it's not. What he's saying is it's it causes permanent changes to the kid.
2: Okay, so that's just one issue.
1: Yeah. Okay. ASA messed up on. Sure, sure. I'm sure he was He probably had a home run on the next one. Because right? it was the border. Oh yeah, okay. That's easy, right? Mm-hmm. Border's easy. Mm-hmm.
6: But why wouldn't you just create a human wall? of American military personnel and just kind of fix the problem immediately. We could afford to do that. We don't want to do that for some reason. What am I missing?
5: Well, a couple points there. Um, First of all, uh, the military is always an option that might be needed at some point. But I want to be able to fix it without having to military. How about when 7
6: million people come in? Is that uh,
5: the point? I would like to be able to do it without using the military for a couple of reasons. First of all, we What's want to show government? strength with China and making sure we have a military presence wait, in the wha- Philippines. Wait, what? Uh, we want to make sure that we show strength <laughs> in Europe and that we're God. able to maintain oh, a military God. that has a global presence. And so the military has a lot of responsibility. No, Secondly, no. the military. Let ask you those responsibilities more important than protecting our own borders? I'm going to finish my answer first. Uh Uh Uh, The second reason is the military is trained to kill people uh, and it is they're not trained in traditional law enforcement responsibilities so it's a different mission. We utilize the National Guard but Mm. our, our regular military I hope we don't have to use in the border that we can solve the problem without that. Now go ahead.
6: Okay but if you have, if I describe to you a nation (laughs) in which 7 million people had moved without permission, most of them military-age males, and bringing with them they brought poison that killed over 100,000 citizens of the country into which they were moving every single year, you would say, this is an invasion, this is not only a challenge to a sovereignty, this is proof that sovereignty doesn't exist, you don't control your country, it's not really your country, and you would say that's an emergency. In fact, you might even say that's worse than what's happening in Ukraine right now from an American perspective. And so what, if that doesn't meet the definition of an emergency with which you'd use the U.S. military to respond, then what does? What's happening in the Philippines? I mean, I'm talking to you, but what is happening in the Philippines is more important than that? well the philippines is
5: close to taiwan and so Mm -hmm. that sends a signal of course that fact that we have our Mm -hmm. bases there that if we have the right personnel Uh, uh, the right equipment there then (laughs) we send a signal to china don't touch the freedom of taiwan and i think that's Uh. important do
1: you Uh, you know the mexican border is close to texas Mm. in fact it's connected to it uh and arizona um new mexico california Mr. Geography, over yeah, there. yeah. So, so I'm not that moved by the fact that the Philippines is close to Taiwan. That Jeez, was what? Oof. That was abysmal. <laughs> like he, he should just go home now. Uh, just go home. I think and uh, stay there. Yeah.
2: As um uh oh, who was this? Pathead wow. Farm Kid said, "No more Hutchinson momentum.
1: <laughs> That's for sure." <laughs> Wow! Really yeah. bad.
6: Yeah, um, but it got worse. Yeah. Okay. There's
1: the vaccine too mm-hmm. with uh, ASA.
6: One of the powers that government did usurp uh, over the past several years is is the right to decide what medicine you take in the form of, of COVID mandates. Um, how did you feel about that? And how many COVID shots did you take? And how do you feel about it now? Hmm. In retrospect. How many COVID shots did you take? Zero. Oh.
1: Oh. I don't think he was ready How for many that one. Covid shots? Did you take? No,
2: <laughs> so I think that that's breaking. Did news he ever answer? because I think uh, everybody assumed that Fox employees, yeah, uh, had to take shots to get. Except back he wasn't the building. in the building. Yeah, I guess so. So, so there you that's go. why.
1: That's interesting. That's uh, it does a show in Maine, right, or wherever.
2: Uh, I think. I think in as Maine? we learned yesterday, I didn't know this. Um, that uh, his. Or on Friday when he was talking with DeSantis. Mm-hmm. I guess he spends half the year in Florida, half the year in Maine.
1: Is that mm-hmm. right? Something okay. like
2: that. That was interesting.
1: It's nice. Yeah. It's nice. Yeah, me too. Except not hmm. at all. Boy. Not like that. No. Just the one house.
2: With this temperature
1: right now. Oh. I'd like to be doing the show in Montana. Yeah, no kidding. Although yesterday was beautiful. Yesterday was amazing. I mean, we had 104, 105, 103, 81. Uh, at two o'clock in the afternoon yesterday, I think it got up to eighty nine or ninety. Oh, you must have been under a rain. But that's wow. incredible.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: That's amazing. <clears throat> was it hotter than that at your house? It was only ninety. It got to ninety, and that was as hot as it got mm. in Keller.
2: It was in the nineties, yeah. And then it, mm. you know, rained and then knocked it down. So that yeah. was helpful. It's awesome.
1: Yeah, incredible day. All right, so uh, so you saw the Hutchinson clips there. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Yeah, it seems like that was bad for him. Uh, Glenn compared it to the Hindenburg disaster. Which seems about right. Uh huh. Yeah, reminder
2: the it mm-hmm. oh, at it mm-hmm. There's the it's Asa rising, the Asa campaign, oh, campaign going off. on Friday. Flame. Yeah, this is Friday, it's this footage. This oh. is
3: terrible. This is one of the worst in the world.
4: Oh,
3: it's a terrific trace, ladies and gentlemen. The smoke and the flames now and the to the ground, not
2: quite to the mass of the humanity. There it is.
1: Yeah. Boy, that is rough. That is. Ugh. It's it still kinda jars you. Yeah. Hundred years later. hmm Jeez. Hutchinson wasn't the only one who had a campaign destroying day though up on stage in Iowa. <laughs> no. Uh, Mike Pence was discussing USA to Ukraine <laughs> when this happened
6: are saying maybe January we'll let somebody transfer some jets. I'm sorry, Mr. Vice President, have you, I know you're running for president.
0: You are, distra- you. You are distressed notice.
6: that the Ukrainians don't have enough American tanks. <laughs> Every city in the United States has become much worse over the past three years. Yeah. Drive around. There's not one city that's gotten better in the United States. And it's visible. Our economy has degraded. The suicide rate has jumped. Public filth and disorder and crime have Mm. exponentially increased, and yet your concern is that the Ukrainians, a country most people can't find on a map, who've received tens of billions of U.S. tax dollars, don't have enough tanks. I think it's a fair question to ask, like, where's the concern for the United States in that? Well, it's not my concern. (laughs) What What was that? Tucker, I've heard that routine from you before, but that's not my concern.
1: What do you mean, that's not your concern. You're running for president of the United States. What do you mean? (laughs) What a bizarre thing to say. Yeah. That's not your
2: concern? Yeah, I've watched that clip probably 10 times, and I still can't figure out what he was trying to say.
1: (laughs) What do you mean that's not your concern? Mm -hmm. Yeah, the uh, state of the American economy and our American cities, that's not my concern. My concern? My concern is Ukraine as American president. (laughs) <laughs> okay. That's uh, All right. Yeah. Wow, that's bizarre. Um, I think this... Uh, you can cross Mike Pence off the list as well. That's right. Oh. Not like he was ever on the list necessarily, but still. And I think in relation to both uh, Asa
2: Hutchinson and Mike Pence's response uh, uh, to the state of America, I thought the this tweet from Congressman Wesley Hunt uh, kind of summed it up nicely there as far as our situation there. What do we got there? Roughly 100,000 Americans are killed annually because of fentanyl overdoses, courtesy of Mexican drug cartels, a wide open southern border, and a steady supply of poison from China. The number one threat to the United States' homeland is a border we won't secure, and the people who refuse to secure
1: it, full stop. Yeah, that's not really my no, concern. Not your concern. That's not really my concern. Thank you for sharing that, <laughs> that's Wesley. But that's, that's, I've heard you say that before, but it's <laughs> not really my concern. You know my routine. Okay. Uh-huh. Jeez. Golly. So, wow. so the crowd actually... This was
2: a uh, this was a nice crowd. They were a kind crowd, but they actually mm-hmm. did boo Mike Pence. I hope so, which was stunning. Jeez. And as uh, Steve Dace pointed out uh, uh, during the coverage, uh, you can go ahead and mark uh, Mike Pence booed by crowd off your Pat Gray bingo card because that definitely occurred. <laughs> Man, that was
1: just shocking. Crazy! Wow. Also on stage with Tucker was presidential hopeful the Vivek ramashwamy Mm -hmm. who explained what caused january 6th
7: you want to know what caused january 6th is pervasive censorship in this country in the lead up to january 6th you tell people in this country they cannot speak that Mm -hmm. is when they scream you tell people they cannot scream that is when they tear things down. And so the reality is, we were told that you could not question where the virus came from when we all knew it came from a lab in Wuhan, which now they admit. We were told that you could not send a private message to someone on the eve of an election That Hunter Biden's laptop story was actually a true story worth considering before an election. You were systematically suppressed. So this is, think about this. You told you had to be locked down, had to take a vaccine that was mandated and forced down your throat, stay locked down in your home while Antifa and BLM roam and burn the streets of this country. So that's the lead up of one full year of telling people you have to shut up, sit down and do as you're told. And then you tell them, okay, there's an election where you didn't get the information that you needed, such as the Hunter Biden laptop story being real and suppressed. That's what caused January 6th, is a cycle of censorship in this country. And until we look ourselves in the mirror and admit truth on that, we will not move forward as a country. And I think that's the real cause. And, we're not, and I'm sorry to say this, Tucker, but I think until we reckon with that reality, I worry that that is the beginning of it's a friendly parley compared to what's to come unless we step up and speak truth Mm. restore integrity and actually lead us to who we are as a people rather than sweeping the truth under the rug
1: Mm. wow Mm. Mm. a little different than asa and uh (laughs) a little little bit a little different a little bit (laughs) he was also asked about white privilege
7: my parents came to this country with almost no money I've gone on to found multi-billion dollar companies. And then people tell me, oh, that's because you had privilege. <laughs> they tell me white privilege. It's sort of weird. It's sort of an interesting... <laughs> it's kind of interesting, Do you, do you tell them? <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 I said, take the blindfold off. <laughs> and, and, and now you have your answer. But, but the interesting answer is, actually, what I do tell them, Tucker, is that I did have privilege. I didn't grow up in money. But I had two parents in the house a mother and a father with a focus on education and a faith in God. And you know what? That is the ultimate privilege Mm. that if I'm going to enjoy that, every kid in this country ought to enjoy it too.
1: Uh He's good.
2: Uh, He was definitely uh, had the best day, best showing of any of the candidates. Uh, Definitely an A plus day for Vivek. And then even for me personally, the conversation you have with Glenn after the Tucker conversation where he just he didn't know Calvin Coolidge was going to be a part of the discussion. Glenn brought him up, and then for Vivek to to know Calvin Coolidge's birthday was July fourth, I mean that earned brownie points to me. Yeah, it sure did. It's yeah, pretty good. And you know, people keep talking about his connection to like the Soros uh, Fellowship uh, thing. He's explained that. Yeah. Um. And and, and then somebody just uh, this morning sent to me that uh, his first tweet ever. Back in 2020, when he got on Twitter, mm-hmm. was a response to the uh, Soros Foundation uh, thing saying, Welcome to Vivek Ramaswamy, a fellow at Soros. But I don't see anything. Like, people don't trust him. Why? I'm not picking up that. You see, like, I, my only problem with him, that isn't really a problem, is that he's clearly trying to angle for Trump's number two. And I think you have some polling data that you're going to share with us uh, that shows that that is a distinct uh, possibility, mm. based on uh, how the crowd's <clears throat> reacting to him. But there's this um, uh, mistrust of anybody associated with George Soros, which I completely understand. But like you said, I have explained that. I'm going to need I'm going to need something of substance to show me that yeah. I shouldn't trust him because I love the stuff that he's saying.
1: Me too. I can't think of a thing he said that I disagree with and the way he says it is always really good. You know, he's he's got the charisma and the speaking ability that I really wish Ted Cruz had had mm-hmm. when he was running for office. Uh, if he if he did have that, he might be president of the United States. Mm-hmm. But uh, but he didn't. And here we are. Well, Vivek loves this country. I don't think he anybody does can love argue the country. I mean, he's, and he's smart. Yeah. And he's so well spoken, and his policies are conservative. He's great. He's just he's great. Uh, Ron DeSantis was the last participant on stage for the day, and uh, here's what he had to say about Ukraine.
6: This mess a year from year and a half from now, say, and let's just say it's static. It's where it is right now. What do you do about it? Like what? How do you what? act?
4: One, Ukraine. Europe needs to do more. This is their backyard. Right. We can't, we have NATO countries that don't produce support for their own defenses. And we're supposed to do it and we're taking away weapons and ammo that mm-hmm. could go to respond to contingencies overseas. So we would do more in terms of the Pacific. And the goal should be to bring it to a conclusion. You bring it to a conclusion in a way that's a sustainable peace and that doesn't reward uh, aggression, and you have to be able to use different levers uh, that you have. I mean, for example, one of the leverages I would use uh, vis-a-vis Russia is I would do our own energy uh, exploration uh, and send it over to Europe so they don't have to rely on Putin. I would stop uh, giving Iran a free pass like Biden is, because they're funding Russia. So we have some ability to, to use this, uh, but the goal should be we cannot have a quagmire that goes on for years and years and seeing biden put those troops there i can tell you we cannot have american troops in ukraine that is a total Mm non-starter
1: nice
2: good 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 and by the way that reminds me of vivek uh really laid out a coherent plan on bringing peace to the ukraine russian situation which i appreciate it as well because you're Mm -hmm. not you're not hearing a lot of that you're hearing i could end it in five minutes Right, right. But you're not hearing how detailed, and I really appreciated that yeah. from Vivek as well yesterday.
1: And this was the last question of the day.
6: So let me just end with a, a shallow question based on speculation. Um, do you think Biden will be the Democratic nominee?
4: <laughs> Honestly, I go back and forth because as an incumbent president, unless he's willing to step aside, I don't think they can get him out of there. Hmm. On the other hand, I'm fully prepared uh, to have a Florida-California showdown and let the people choose what's the better vision for Mm. the United States of America because I'm very confident that the freedom in Florida is what more people would choose rather than the public defecation on the streets of San Francisco.
1: (laughs) That's a good way to finish it That's good stuff.
2: So we we didn't even play clips from Tim Scott, who was, you know, just right. I mean, there Mm -hmm. was nothing good or bad there. Um, Nikki Haley, I tell you, she answered the questions well, but it made me like her even less because she just is such a politician, Mm -hmm. and she knows how to answer these questions in a politician sort of way. And uh, I don't trust her, uh, especially on Ukraine. She's been way too neo-conny on that, so she's Mm -hmm. off my list for just Mm -hmm. that alone. Mm -hmm. But uh, I, I don't know. He didn't Tucker did such a great job with that. I just couldn't figure out why he didn't really press Nikki Haley on some of that stuff like Ukraine um, in a Tucker fashion. But, I mean, I give him a solid A
1: for for that uh, on Friday because that was good stuff. Uh, Yep. So, on Saturday then, uh, the Charlie Kirk Turning Point event took place where uh, Vivek Ramaswamy was speaking...
7: And he vowed to
1: destroy the deep state Mm.
7: Means we believe that the people we elect to run the government ought to be the ones Who actually run the government? Not this bureaucracy the deep state the administrative state that runs the show today and that is why I've said that we're not just going to reform these agencies When these agencies from the Department of Education to the FBI to the ATF to the IRS shouldn't have never existed in the first place, we will not just reform them. We will shut them down. That is what it means to live in a constitutional republic.
1: (laughs) Mm -hmm. Uh, Like
2: that. Yeah. And and, and again, I have to go back to his conversation with Glenn on Friday. He explained how Vivek explained how I think it was like the redundancy and all this stuff. Like, I think he said you could cut and he named off the federal agencies. You could cut them by 80%. You could completely get rid of this agency and get rid of that agency because there's so much redundancy. I mean, (laughs) just sing to me, baby.
1: I mean, this is, Mm -hmm. I'm liking it. Yep. He's really good. He's got great policies. He's well spoken, Mm -hmm. he's uh, smooth as silk. I mean, uh I, I don't I don't know what's wrong there, really. He's he, he hasn't gotten an awful lot in, in a couple of polls, it looks like he's gotten some traction. But they did the turning point uh poll yesterday. Right. Or the day before, whichever. And you know, Donald Trump had eighty seven point five percent. Eighty seven point five percent. Uh I think DeSantis was number three at four percent. Okay. I'm not sure who took number two. Was it, uh, oh, really? was thought, it Pence?
2: Oh, I thought you had that. No. Uh, I think Vivek
1: won. Uh, oh, Vivek place. was second? Yeah, I thought you had that. No, I think he, he was at 2%, really? if I remember correctly. I'll have to find yeah. that later. I don't know. We'll look for that. But okay. I I know that the one that stuck out in my mind was Trump's 87.5%. It was his crowd. And
2: there go. Uh, let me see if I got this here. Uh, Let's see here. 51%, per- okay, oh, this is this is the interesting stat here. I thought this is what you had, I'm sorry. 51% of respondents picked Vivek as their second choice.
1: Mm. So,
2: mm-hmm. um, uh, let's see, yeah. So, I mean, that was, hmm. And that. I mean, that's the role he wants. I think it's pretty obvious. I mean, sure, he wants to be president, but he has gone out of his way to avoid any kind of criticism whatsoever of Donald Trump. Yes, He's he gotten has. favorable remarks from Donald Trump. Yes. And I think a Trump-Vivek ticket is feeling more and more likely
1: with each passing day and uh, here's what trump said uh yesterday at the uh at the summit
8: 16 months from now each of you will vote in the most important election of your lifetimes this will be the mm-hmm. most important election with your country your freedom and your future on the line we are in trouble this country mm-hmm. is in trouble the election will decide whether your generation inherits a fascist country or a free country whether you will Mm. have a rule of tyrants or the rule of law whether marxist radicals burn our civilization to the ground which they're looking to do or young patriots like you propel america to glorious new heights greater than ever before side by side we're going to fight and we're going to win we have no choice actually
1: It's a fact Mm -hmm. he's right i mean it's super important it is the most important yeah. of all time. Yeah, we just. No question about that. I just want Biden gone. Here's That's what it. I don't like about Donald Trump is uh, the Ron DeSanctimonious thing is just so unnecessary. <laughs> I, I don't understand it. I, I can't. It, it just turns me completely off. And uh, he just insists on continuing it because he hates him so much. Because how dare you run when I'm running? I mean, the. Uh, uh, whatever. But <laughs> it's irritating to me. <laughs> it's very irritating. Uh, so Charlie Kirk announced the results from the stage, highlighting the fact that uh, Ramashwamy did take second. Yeah, it was Ramaswamy rather than DeSantis. Nikki Haley, Mike Pence, Chris Christie got a fat zero. Uh, and Wait, uh, why would you go with that descriptor uh, for the 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 score uh, of? It was Chris just a Christie. really big fat. This is how uh, Donald Trump put it too: oh. a really big fat zero. I
2: didn't see that.
1: <laughs> uh, just heard that I we won the big turning turning point straw poll in a blowout, getting eighty five point <laughs> seven percent of the vote. Ron, desanctimonious. Came in a solid third with 4.3. Vivek got 2%. I think he did better than that if he took second. And sloppy Chris Christie, as usual, (laughs) got a big fat zero. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so that redeemed him just a little bit there at the end. Uh, More Packer Gray Unleashed coming up. Pat Gray Unleashed. some tweets here. Uh, Sons of Thunder 43 tweets, if running for president was like the bachelorette, Asa Hutchinson would not be getting a rose.
2: No, no.
1: no. I guess Asa Hutchinson would be home by now. Uh, Jeffy for president tweets, Asa Hutchinson gives off a slight Kamala vibe. That's true. Hmm. Uh, Tamra B. Asa Hutchinson and Mike Pence can leave the presidential race. Now, <laughs> both of them crashed and burned. The Steve 42, I'll put Mike Pence on the list uh, just so I can cross him off the list. <laughs> Happy Pappy 61, pound for pound. Chris Christie is by far the worst 2024 presidential candidate. <laughs> Republican presidential candidate. Yeah. Pound for pound. Pound for pound. Mm hmm. Uh, Lieutenant Heavy Rock. Vivek is great, except for the fact that he would allow trans people to stay in the military. We cannot have mentally ill people uh, having access to weapons of war.
2: That's interesting.
1: Bunter Haydn, crack cocaine connoisseur. So when are they going to attack Vivek as a white supremacist slave owner? Uh, I mean, <laughs> yeah. they probably already have. Conservatarians? Uh, Hard truth about Taiwan. We wouldn't have to worry about defending Taiwan if we built our own crap here. (laughs) Uh, And Jimmy Dimples, side note, Pence, you convinced me to vote for Trump back in 16. Thank you very much for that. That'll be all now. (laughs) Uh, Can we also see the Benny Johnson tweet from Friday? Because uh, I think he said some nice things about, yeah, there's uh, the, the delicious irony that Glenn Beck and Tucker Carlson, who were both treated so disrespectfully by Fox News, decimated the GOP field and broke more news in one day together than the last 20 Fox debated combined. Uh, should not be lost here. Uh epic. kind of a run-on sentence. I
2: think he meant to say last the last
1: 20 Fox debates. Fox debates yeah. Yeah, combined should not be lost here. That's right. This is That's right. Epic, epic media yeah. revenge arc story. <laughs> <laughs> I... Love that. So true. Great analysis. So true. And he's right. They were both treated like garbage by Fox at the end. Now, uh, Tucker... Has been so good about it, though. I mean, he has really taken the high road uh, just, about Fox and he claims not to be angry at all. He's just going about his I'm business. Fine. I understand it was a business decision. They didn't want me there, so That was an Whatever. interesting... Uh, it,
2: it, there's so much there from that event. I mean, it's so worth your subscription. Yeah, yeah, yeah. BlazeTV.com slash And you can still watch it, by the way. Yeah, yeah. But use uh, promo code PAT30. Get mm-hmm. your $30 off. Mm-hmm. And the entire event, not just the uh, candidate interviews with... Tucker, but the hour afterward between Glenn and Tucker is so insightful on on all this stuff with Fox. So I, I please spend some time and a uh, great job again by our team and our
1: colleagues there. Mm-hmm. And Tucker. Mm-hmm. Uh, did a great job as well. Uh, so while Republicans were holding their events, the Democrats were at Netroots USA, where Representative Ilan Omar talked to the crowd about how much... They hate Israel. Mm -hmm. Isn't that wonderful?
0: And we definitely, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. we definitely need people who know what it's like to experience occupation. (laughs) Whether it is in Ukraine or Uh Palestinian people who have now experienced occupation and displacement for 75 years.
1: (laughs) Why don't you maybe, just maybe, it's a thought here. Learn something about that situation and what happened 75 years ago when the stinking Palestinians could have had their their separate state. They were offered it. It was given to them by the UN. And they turned it down. Why? Because they wanted to destroy Israel and take all the land. So they got together with the Arab states and went after them and lost time after time after time. I'm so tired of this. Mm-hmm. It's just absolute. I was reading over the weekend about, uh, I don't know, Jeopardy host, um, Mayim Bialik. Mm-hmm. Mayim? I, I don't know. Do you know how you say her I name? I don't. I don't either. I'm sorry. She was what? Um, I don't know. She was on some show years ago, a long oh. time ago oh, as a oh. kid, right? She was on Blossom, right? That yeah, was, she was uh, Blossom. Yeah. yeah. Yes. That's, but, I was trying to think of that all I don't all know weekend. how to pronounce her name. Yeah, I don't either. Uh, but she's getting all kinds of crap on Twitter because she said something about Israel that was positive. Whoa, we can't have that. Oh, no, you can't have that. she I guess she actually admits to being a Zionist. She says she's a liberal Zionist. Uh, and I'm looking for the exact tweet because it was so both sides. Mm. I mean, it was bizarre, and people hate her guts for it. Uh, where is it? Jeez. You know, and... You know, by the name, you might think, okay, well, she's obviously Israeli or Israeli uh, if in her ancestry, maybe. She's Jewish, I would think. And obviously, she's going to be pro-Israel, right? But no, I, I guess you can't be. Uh, once she said, I'm proud and active Jew. I'm a liberal. I'm a Zionist, which means I believe in the right of Israel to exist as a safe and protected identity the palestinians also have a right to a free state wait what how do you get mad at that how are you pissed off by that well because she said she uh, believes israel should exist so she's a zionist and i Mm. i guess if you like palestinians you can't think israel can exist yeah
2: by the way speaking of israel do you see uh, over the weekend benjamin netanyahu apparently fainted passed out there uh, he complained of chest pain beforehand then he ended up passing out hit his head and then made a message and said we should all drink more water
1: i'm sure that's dehydrated and, and probably get more vaccines am i right mm. it was that part of it too oh wow, what a stretch <laughs> we should, we should I, drink more water i wasn't even going there and get more
2: vaccines i was just going to suggest maybe you drink more <laughs> Water, right? right. Uh, but okay. Yeah. So I don't know what. Ah. Oh, I see. What, so you're trying to. Yeah. Oh my gosh, I would have never gone there in a million years, Pat. That's,
1: really? Yeah. Wouldn't you have? Yeah. Huh? That's interesting. <laughs> I guess I totally misread. The yeah, I totally misread. I the hate Rome. when I do that.
2: Damn. <laughs> uh, can we go back to Elon Omar for a second? I have never, I want to, yes. ever seen this woman speak without looking at notes or a script. Yeah, she can. I have never she seen can. her just off the cuff say anything. She can't. Oh, no, you know, one time she did, right? It was uh, some people did something. I, oh, think, that yeah. was, I think that's literally uh, the only time uh, the woman has ever gone off script.
1: Jeez. Anyway, do we have something else from that yeah, stupid? the pro-Palestinian everything? protesters mm. started shouting down speakers. Oh, yes. And Representative uh, Pramila Jayapal jumped in. <laughs> <laughs>
0: no! Just leave. Maybe I should just walk hey off. Guys. No, guys, can I say something? Uh-oh. Can I say something as say somebody something. that's been in the streets and mm-hmm. and sure. has participated in a lot of demonstrations? <laughs> I think uh-huh. I want you to know that. We have been fighting to make it clear Listen. That Israel is a racist state oh, That gosh. the Palestinian people oh, Deserve gosh. self-determination oh, gosh And autonomy <laughs> That the dream That the dream of a two-state solution Is slipping away from us That it is not That it does not even feel yeah. Possible It does not even feel possible Yeah, whose
1: fault is that? <laughs> <laughs> whose fault is that? It is squarely on the Palestinians. Jeez. <laughs> it's a fun event there. The, That's a fun event. I mean, <laughs> you want to go to Netroots, man. That's where I want to be.
2: Compare that to, to the events the GOP was having this I, weekend. You've got
1: a bunch of uh, Israel haters up on stage, and they won't even let them talk. They don't That's hate. how radical they right. are. Right. They don't hate enough. Yeah. They they don't want to they don't at least they won't say they want to destroy Israel. Uh, so short of that, I guess you're going to be shouted down by these butt hooks. Uh, while all of that was happening this weekend, Joe Biden was in Finland, where he apparently attempted to eat a small child. This is just <laughs> horrific.
2: Oh, look at that! Oh, yep. Oh, oh he's he not done. He's not done.
1: Ah. She doesn't like no. it. Bro,
2: get Idiot. that. Idiot. Wait.
1: Holy cow. Gross. Uh, that's that's he's gross.
2: gross. <laughs> <laughs> he's gross. That's gross. She I just did want him
1: gone. Not like that. Yeah. Yeah. And he wouldn't get the hint for no. quite some time. No. That either. man's been rejected by. girls So his whole bad. Life. <laughs> and it continues on. Look at this. <laughs> that's why he had to shower with his Ugh. daughter.
2: Oh, God.
1: Oh, that poor thing. She just does And the not parents, like it. man,
2: don't be just standing there. Pull her away, I man. I know. Hey, thanks for uh, assaulting my daughter. Yeah.
1: Goodbye now. Yeah. Oh thanks, my old man. Gosh. That was brilliant. What a freak. Also, Vice President Kamala Harris was giving a speech about climate change. Uh-oh. Uh oh. And she explained a very interesting plan. Mm hmm.
0: When we invest in clean energy and mm-hmm. electric vehicles and reduce population,
1: um, wait, more what? of
0: our children can breathe clean air and drink clean water.
1: What's the problem? Wait, oh, I'm sorry. What was the problem? A- with- reduce population? Oh. How are we going to do that? Is that a problem? Um, not if you're a eugenicist, I guess. <laughs> uh-huh. not, if, not if you're a progressive who wants to eliminate when the undesirable When we invest in clean energy and yeah.
0: electric vehicles uh-huh, and right. reduce population. Whoa, wait, what? More Whoa, wait, of what? our children can breathe <laughs> clean air and drink clean water.
1: He uh, uh, just said the quiet part out loud. I thought that was a no-no for these people. Did she, Pat? Did she? She did. Yeah,
2: she hmm. did. Or she maybe, did. as the White House very quickly corrected the record for us. Oh, did they? Yeah. Oh, okay. What yeah. was the correction on that? Look oh, at- here it is. I have...
1: <laughs> when we invest in clean energy and electric vehicles and reduce pollution, <laughs> they crossed out population... Yeah. More of our children can g- breathe clean air and clean drink clean water. She didn't say that. Applause. Applause. I'm sorry. That's not <laughs> what she said. And yes, she said the quiet part uh-huh. out loud by saying reduce population. Damn that is the did. vice president of the United States that just suggested we reduce the population. Hmm. I wonder what do you there's... think is on their agenda here? Hmm. They want to get rid of a certain percentage of us. They really do. That's how committed they are to this Gaia situation. <laughs> Gaia, I yeah. can't take it. Oh, I tried to watch another documentary because oh. it was really interesting. Have you seen Earth Storm? Uh-uh. On, I think it's on Netflix. Earth Storms and it features volcanoes, tornadoes, hurricanes, and earthquakes. Okay. And so I thought, okay, I don't want to be bombarded with a bunch of B.S. on climate change, so I'll watch earthquakes. Give it a shot, right? Okay. Oh, I see. So there's
2: different episodes each topic. Yes. And you went to earthquakes, thinking, "Hey, I'll, I'll
1: avoid the uh... right." Nope. Okay. Uh, you can't avoid it uh, on on the earthquake thing, but it was it was kept to a minimum on the earthquakes because what are you <laughs> going to say about earthquakes? They'll the, try. They do try. Uh huh. They do. Uh, so then I thought, I all right, I'll try hurricanes. Let's see. Because, oh, I mean, there have been scant few hurricanes to hit the United States coastline in the last 15 years. There's been a couple. We've had two bad years, I think, in the last 17. Okay. Ever since 2005, which is now 18 years ago, mm-hmm. we've had less hurricanes than normal. Mm hmm. So I thought, all right, let's give it, oh give my it a gosh, shot. It, I, it, it just bombards your senses. With every sentence contains the phrase climate change. Climate change propaganda, every other word. Oh, it's the worst. Okay. It's so awful. And not only that, and I want to ask Joe Bastardi about this because we're going to be talking to him in what, oh. a half an hour, 45 Famous minutes. Famous weatherman, like yep. So Joe Joe Bastardi is uh, one of the voices of reason yes. on the whole climate change situation. So I can't wait to ask him about a stat I heard on this stupid thing. Oh, cool! That uh, th- three, four, and five category. The, okay, th- three, four, and five category hurricanes right. have doubled since 2005. Hmm. That is a flat out absolute. Lie. Mm. It is not true. I, I don't know how they're making that true unless unless they're talking hurricanes, typhoons, and uh cyclones. Unless you're talking worldwide, I don't and I don't know because I don't follow the cyclone or typhoon season. Uh, in those oceans, so I I don't I don't know, but maybe uh, Joe Bastardi has the information on that because I don't even know how they make that claim.
2: Yeah, I want to ask him about um, uh, the temperature of the oceans that we
1: keep. To it's being, boiling, yeah, it's and boiling. that's another point yep. that they made uh-huh. in the documentary: the oceans are boiling. And then he he said, not literally, but kind of. Wait, what? <laughs> well, so that was scientific <laughs> yes. jargon. Yes. So they really got down to science there. It's not literally boiling, but it kind of is. (laughs) Even though it's, you know, 140 degrees away from boiling, um, it's (laughs) kind of boiling anyway. (laughs) (laughs) That's good stuff. They did say off the coast of Florida, it's 91 degrees. Okay. The ocean. Mm -hmm. Did you see that last week? No. Yeah, they just said that last week. Oh, good. And, of course, we've had how many hurricanes so far have smashed into the U.S. coast? Zero. Zero. Mm. But knock on wood. And that doesn't mean we won't have any hurricanes, right. of course, this season. But um, I had a very good friend uh, who is a meteorologist in Houston. Uh, he doesn't live there anymore, but he did for a long time. And uh, he used to tell me all the time, he'd get so irritated with people talking about the heat of the ocean. He claimed it's the it's the differential of the temperature between the ocean and the ocean. And the air coming above it—that's what creates the intensity—is the you know just like with with tornadoes, you need that combination of hot and cold smashing right. into each other, sure. and that's what causes the tornadoes. Same thing with hurricanes. But uh, I don't know. Should be an interesting discussion with Joe Bastardi. That's yeah, up. he'll be in studio with us. Yeah. In a little over half an hour here.
2: My goodness, my goodness.
1: Speaking of Kamala, though, here's a tweet from her over the weekend. <laughs> she Remember, tweeted out. This
2: administration is so pathetic and has no self-awareness whatsoever. Yeah, let's see this. This
1: is amazing. Democracies cannot be strong if the rights of women are under attack.
2: Yeah, but see, her tweet there is women's issues <laughs> are America's issues. Okay, uh, to quote Jeffy, are they? are they no, not not with this administration she's the one, right.
1: they're the ones attacking exactly. them exactly
2: wait leave that up there hold on a second <sighs> I, I when i when i pulled this for the show i wasn't sure if you were going to go off more on this administration for their Horrific track record on women's issues mm-hmm. or the democracy's
1: line. Yeah, well, yeah.
2: <laughs> Take your pick, Pat. I know. <laughs> but how dare this administration even for a moment try right. to fake that they're into protecting when women all and all they care issues. about
1: are men who yeah. pretend to be women. Unbelievable. <laughs> that's what they care about and that's what they're fighting for right now. It's people. really agonizing. These people. So agonizing. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, all right, triple eight nine hundred 888-933-93, Pat unleashed on Twitter.
2: Yeah, we got more that happened. It was a big weekend, you know. We had our event, we had the
1: uh, TP USA, we had
2: that, we had the Netroots, and then um, the NEA got together. And I know oh, how big of a fan fun. you are, of, huge fan of the NEA of educational unions, mm-hmm. teachers unions, man. They're so so good. we've got something to play from that, okay. and a congressman who has an idea, Pat, <laughs> for a new. For a new cabinet level position and you're gonna love i know you're gonna love it
1: okay i don't I know about wait. everybody else but i'm I very know excited love this new idea all right <laughs> more pat gray unleashed coming up pat gray unleashed
0: gray is here on the blaze radio network welcome
1: some tweets here to start the hour uh mr nobody tweets i'm just happy to hear vivek say that we live in a constitutional republic and not a democracy yes thank you so much a breath of fresh air to my knowledge he's the first of all candidates republican or democrat to say it uh gary d can chris christie punch above his weight no 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 one oh can my. punch above that weight. That's impossible. Goodness. That is absolutely I mean, impossible. We mean, we, we ask a lot of our candidates. We want the perfect candidate,
2: mm-hmm. but don't be, you know, setting the bar That's so such a ridiculously Come on now. high level.
1: Yeah. <laughs> it's like <laughs> asking the Titanic to fly. Okay. You can't. <laughs> Fury and Energy tweets, a two-state solution is not possible. The Palestinians have stated Israel has to be erased. Right. It's in the charter of the... Of the uh, Palestinian Authority. So, uh, good luck with that two-state solution. (laughs) Good luck with that. It seems like it's out of reach. Yeah, it's always seemed out of reach. Why? Because they demand that Israel uh, be obliterated. So, yeah, that that makes it tough. It really does. Over the weekend, National Education Association President Becky Pringle discussed her union's mission, which is always fun. You know when the NEA gets together and has their convention and stuff oh, some good things come out of it right yeah and this is one of them
0: i can hear <laughs> chief seattle
1: what the hell's happening what
0: crying out to us
2: chief seattle urging chief seattle. us oh. to
0: remember when
6: you know who you are when <laughs> your mission is clear and you burn with the inner fire of an unbreakable will. No cold can touch your heart. (laughs) No (laughs) deludes can dampen your purpose. And yea, you are those stars in the darkness. Your light will not be dimmed. Your purpose will drive you (laughs) in a righteous fight for freedom because you know who you are.
1: Settle down, people. Golly.
6: You know who you are! You uh, are the idiot! Relax. Our mission is clear! Wow. We will advocate for the rights of education professionals, and we will change ah. this world there you for go. our students with an mm-hmm.
1: inner they're fire gonna...
6: burning! Okay, I can't, we take, will any you can't take
1: any stop. more can't take any more I can't, I can't.
2: The, the woman loves children. Just and loves screaming at the them.
1: top of your lungs doesn't make it a good speech, button. Okay? <laughs> uh, also, they're going to fight, for the rights of of the nea professionals there's your problem right there is you, you care about your rights not the kids and not then certainly not the parents the parents don't figure into it at all now okay now i can't speak
2: for anybody else but i'm not an education professional mm-hmm. so i'm just spitballing here Mm -hmm. But let's say we teach kids how to read and do math. Yeah, how about that? And then if there's time at the end of the convention, Mm -hmm. then you can scream into the microphone. (laughs) I mean, what the hell is that? I don't know. That's These are the people in charge
1: of your child's education if they're in a public school specifically. These are the radicals, the extremists. These are the psychos who are in charge of your children's education. So... Congratulations on that. That's rough, dude. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm sure everybody's filled with confidence right now about sending their kids to school again this fall. That'll be great. Washington, D.C. has been full of some great ideas lately. Uh, (laughs) Representative Al Green says the U.S. government needs a new federal department. This is fun. Yeah. He's about to explain. (laughs) Establishing
3: a Department of Reconciliation, here's what this department would, would do. Here's the what department it of
1: Reconciliation. would allow us to do. Yep. All right. What would it secretary. allow you to, to have
3: do? have a Secretary of Reconciliation.
1: Okay. Let me yeah. guess. Just Reparations? as we have a
3: Secretary of Commerce. Okay. Just as we have a Secretary of Education. Mm hmm. Just as we have a Secretary of Labor. All right. A Secretary.
1: A Secretary.
3: Whose job it would be to wake up every morning.
1: Okay. With. Okay. Con- Conciliation with conciliation,
3: reconciliation with reconciliation on his or her mind.
1: On his or her mind, could be, and that secretary
3: would have undersecretaries, just as we Mm. have undersecretaries in the Department of Labor, Commerce,
1: right? Yeah, education
3: undersecretaries that would have various aspects of reconciliation. To deal with, <laughs> and reconciliation would be broader than the enslaved people. We got it. <laughs> reconciliation would also include others who,
2: who else, with whom interest?
3: we have not reconciled.
2: Well, those that you haven't reconciled. Everybody likes We need, need to
3: reconcile people, people maps. Maps. We, we have reconcile. not
2: reconciled. We have not.
1: <laughs> Sweet Lord, what a weird, holy cow! And he had been thinking about that for a while. Uh huh. You know what we need. Is the Department of Reconciliation with not just a Department of Reconciliation secretary, but a Department of Conciliation Reconciliation undersecretary who's under the secretary. So, what if we had an undersecretary who works on some aspects of reconciliation and then the secretary is over some other aspects of the reconciliation? How would you like that gig? Oh,
2: man. I'm the secretary. I'm the undersecretary. I'm the
1: undersecretary of reconciliation. Reconciliation. In the Department of Reconciliation.
2: Well, I bet you would have a more specific name. Because uh, you'd be the undersecretary of reconciliation focused on native peoples. Okay.
1: Right? And Mm -hmm. then you would have all these different... uh, What if I want to be over all BIPOCs? All the black indigenous people of color. Then you would be the undersecretary... Of, of reconciliation. For BIPOCs. For BIPOCs. Can I be over all the BIPOCs, or do I have to just pick you oh. know, one group of persons of color?
2: Okay, so we're talking about a federal bureaucracy, so um, you're going to have to just break apart, because we, mm-hmm. we need more government jobs. Mm-hmm. Okay. We need more um, yeah. $220,000. I was looking up, like, the HUD secretary makes $221,000 a year. <laughs> so... The HUD secretary. So, so I'm sure that the uh, secretary of reconciliation is going to make a similar amount, and the undersecretary is probably half of that. (laughs) So, before you know it, we're talking about real money.
1: Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, eventually, eventually it'll add up. You know, you start you start adding to the bureaucracy, and then pretty soon, you know, you got a really big government that does all (laughs) kinds of things you don't want it to. We are a nation adrift. Oh, it's just so stupid. (sighs) <sighs> Man, i don't manage if what a wine! have you ever heard of time blindness oh time blindness after today you could say you have
0: <laughs> don't say
1: you didn't ever lo- learn anything from this show this because check this out a new term
0: so i just got yelled at for asking a very reasonable question oh that's mm. so i'm applying to go somewhere and i just wanted to know are there accommodations for people who struggle with time blindness and being on time you know And then the person I was with Uh interrupted and acted like I was asking something else. And then when we were done, Mm -hmm. they actually started yelling at me and saying that Mm. accommodations for time blindness doesn't exist. And if you struggle with being on time, you'll never be able to get a job. Mm -hmm. You know, provided you're trying your absolute best to be there. And then they're like, your stupid generation wants to destroy the workplace. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I think that a and culture yeah. where workers are just cut off because they struggle with being on time, <laughs> when there's other solutions that we can look to, I think that just anybody like who thinks it's okay to just treat people like that, so yeah, yeah, that yeah. culture needs to be dismantled.
1: Yeah, okay. And then I
0: ask that person, how can you feel good These about yourself upholding this kind of help system end
1: to destroy society? And then to think
0: I'm entitled? No, if people think it's okay to treat others like this, <laughs> I, that's entitlement.
1: It's entitlement that you ask somebody to be on time to a job that they do that you pay them for. Uh, All right. Okay, first of all, I really hope that that
2: video isn't real, but uh, it's listed at the Cleveland Clinic website. Time blindness refers to the inability to recognize when time has passed or to
1: estimate how long something will take. Sometimes these are... They're hoaxes, right? It's yeah. somebody being funny. Is this on a... This
2: is on the Cleveland Clinic website, though. She is? No.
1: Oh, The okay. definition I just right. read. The definition.
2: Doc, there's a doctor who says time blindness isn't a diagnosis or a specific symptom. It's more just a general mm. way of talking about the phenomenon of losing track of time. And it can be more extreme for some people. Wow. And, and the comments underneath that video were priceless. Like, um, uh, you know, like, uh, I don't know, I'm sorry, time blindness made me uh, send your paycheck too late you know (laughs) right you know but i want to okay as ridiculous as that chick is whether she's Mm. real or fake Mm -hmm. obviously it's to the point where there's a definition on the cleveland clinic website about it um can we just just pause the last shot there somewhere on the video joe because there's a lot going on here with with this chick uh, that i'd like to analyze she's in a room that features both a shower curtain and a bookshelf oh how do you pull that off like what? Oh yeah, look at that! What home improvement does, you know, <laughs> design show gave oh, no, the okay that's to weird. that? And then it's got that gaudy <laughs> octopus on it. I mean, what? There's so much happening here. I just I can't quite <laughs> follow along. Uh, but there, there's the little darling and her time blindness. You know, it's just have respect for people in their time,
1: and that, that I think that's mm-hmm. a a good yeah general rule to follow. Well, <sighs> so many of this generation they don't believe they have to abide by any of our rules. Any of the rules that we've set up before are all obsolete, I guess. And they shouldn't have to abide by any of them. And if you think they should, well then, you know, you're Mm. completely out of touch with humanity. So I just googled, and I'm not
2: shocked at this answer. Who invented the clock? A white guy. What? Peter Henlein. No. Yep. there it is. Oh no. In Germany? In what year? Uh, Let's see. Oh, he was a
1: locksmith stinking bastard. Let's
2: see, what year was this? Of course, 1541.
1: It, okay, of course it was some white guy. Uh-huh. Of course it was. Uh-huh. One A white guy with time blindness. Makes sense now. Am I now. right? Mm-hmm. It does it makes... say? Does he? Does it say he had time blindness? <laughs> uh,
2: let's, I'm just gonna <laughs> find out here.
1: Don't say. Don't, Don't say.
2: say. Okay. Uh, let's see. Yeah. Okay. So as far as records are maintained in history, the first clock by Henline <clears throat> was made in oh in 1510. Mm. But by 1541, he was well known for his <clears throat> art. Okay. Well, that—that's that, a non sequitur sentence there. Weird. And was called to different parts of Europe to design the most beautiful clocks for palaces mm. and big clock
1: towers. Okay. Did he do Big Ben in London? Mm. Mm. I wonder. That's yeah. uh, all right. Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three. As Keith looks that up, because uh... that's important information no. that we got. No, he did not. Have... Okay. Uh, architect Charles Never Barry did that one. Never mind, then. Over the weekend at the box office, what would you guess would be the number one movie of the weekend? Uh, I'm going to say Sound of Freedom. No. No. Uh, But it was number two. That was dang close. It wasn't Indiana Jones, was it? Get this. It went up. at the box office yeah. for the weekend. 37%!
2: More theaters, and is oh my there gosh. any credence, Chris? I see a lot of people online saying that they're turning the air conditioning off at these... Yes. Oh my the, gosh.
1: They're trying to sabotage the movie by turning off the air conditioning at certain theaters or messing with the, you know, yeah, messing with the feed, whatever. Uh, it's just despicable. Uh, Mission Impossible, Dead Reckoning, part oh. one, the okay. Tom Cruise movie. Uh, but... I mean, not by as much as you would think. Mm-hmm. It, it brought in 56 million for the weekend. To Sound of Freedom's 27 million, that's a that's astounding. For it to outdo its first weekend in the second is almost unheard of. That just doesn't happen. Yeah,
2: and I saw on IMDb. I think it was a 8.4 out of 10 on the ratings last time I checked.
1: So uh, that's really good to see. Yeah, um, it's an important movie. Sure so is. Please see it sure if you can. Is. Um, so, Mission Impossible, 56.2 million. It's made 80 million since it came out. It came out like last Wednesday, or so it, it wasn't just over the weekend, but uh, I think Tuesday afternoon I saw the first showings being done. So, it's been out since really last Tuesday, and <laughs> it's made 80 million since it came out, wow. which is a little light, you know, frankly. I, can, can I just point out? A you know, light. Last week I asked the room. Uh, how many Mission Impossible's
2: there are? We're up to seven. Seven, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, eight as of next year. Okay. All right. So
1: because um, this is just part one.
2: Oh, okay, so it's a mm-hmm. two-parter. Mm-hmm. So um, I remember when the first one came out, I was really excited to see it because it uh, featured, the soundtrack was uh, made by Larry Mullen Jr. and Adam Clayton, uh, the drummer and the bassist for U2. I thought oh. they did a great job with that. That mm-hmm. was that really electronic, down, down, down. so they took the uh-huh. theme song from the TV show and really and jazzed it electrified up a bit. it. Yeah. yeah, so that was a good movie. Mm-hmm. That was a good movie. Um, uh, so last night, uh, Carrie and I watched uh, Mission Impossible 2, Mm-hmm. Cuz we want we want to now catch up, you yeah. know. We're 23 years behind. Okay. Oh my gosh, that may be the worst movie of all time. What? Mission Impossible 2? Really? Oh, so bad. Oh, I don't remember it being bad. So I would I would ask that mm. um maybe Maybe take a break from documentaries. What in that one?
1: Where where is um, that located? That is located. Is that the one where he goes
2: Spain? Uh, Spain
1: is huh. right. Okay, so that's when. So he's not climbing that really tall building in Malaysia. No, 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 no. He's okay, rock climbing at the three. beginning. Okay, and I then like that he's got
2: the love interest. You don't like that, it. That, that they ship off to the island uh-huh. with their ex boyfriend. They go to the race, the horse racetrack. Okay, yeah. The, yep. the, I, I swear, it's been a long time. Even if you just watch the last thirty minutes, because I looked it up, it got mm-hmm. like It got like awards for action sequences. These are the dumbest thing. And I'm like, things weren't that bad in the year 2000. It's not like I'm watching something from, you know, 1972. Mm. This is just so over the top ridiculous with the slow motion and the flips and the shooting behind the back and the I'm going to kick you (laughs) in slow motion, Matrix style. Oh, yeah, I do remember that. It just goes on and on and on. Mm. So I'm really looking forward to Mission Impossible
1: 3 real soon. All right. so you're not going to watch Mission Impossible oh, I'm, 3? No, I'm going to watch them all. Are you? I
2: okay. am. I am mean, right. just. I can't believe that the franchise survived that.
1: Yeah, well, it did. I don't know. And it thrived. Okay. And it's up to seven now.
2: Oh, by the way, do you remember how we had the clip last week? Um, it wasn't Tim Ballard. It was Jim Caviezel talking about that hmm. um, uh, the... Was it anachrome? The the thing when the kids scream. Yeah, andromacomb or chrome or something. Mm -hmm. And so I got a tweet from a padhead, uh, Kyle, who said, "Um, isn't that what it is? It's like adrenaline, right? It's like when kids scream and they know Mm -hmm. they're going to die and then they, okay. Mm -hmm. He's like, isn't that the plot of Monsters, Inc.? (laughs)
1: Yes. (laughs) That's right. uh, Oh, bro. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because they take the energy from the kids. Yeah. Oh man.
2: Okay. And All oh wait, right. who, who made who made Monsters Inc.? What company was that? Uh, oh, that Pixar, was Disney, right? Which
1: is Disney. <laughs> yeah. Oh gosh,
2: yeah. it comes full circle.
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay. Amazing. Uh. All right. So anyway, after Mission Impossible Two, yeah, uh, or Seven, I mean, <laughs> uh, Sound of Freedom was at twenty-seven million for the weekend. Listen to this. It's up to eighty-five point four million since it came out. Eighty-five million. Incredible. That's fantastic. Then, uh, so it beat Insidious, The Red Door, by more than double, because that was third at 13 million for the weekend. Indiana Jones uh, trailing 12 million, made 145 million since it came out. Oh,
2: did you see? I saw a a quick thing that said Harrison Ford is tired of being embarrassed and he's going to retire.
1: Like, that's the rumor among his friends and stuff. Really? He's embarrassed by this? He should be. I mean, the movie's not that bad. But the reception to it is, um, but it's it's great because it's a Disney property. And then right after Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny is Elemental, which is a bigger flop, really than well maybe not because Indiana Jones cost three hundred million to make and then another hundred million, probably four hundred million to make and market. And it's made one hundred and forty five so far. Uh, we're not even halfway there. It's it's gonna lose hundreds of millions of dollars. Elemental, Elemental is as well. That's only at hundred and twenty-five million dollars. So two Disney movies in a row, right there, that have underperformed like nobody would have ever guessed. And then the Spider-Man, which I saw over the weekend, across the Spider-Verse, uh, six million, mm. and it's up to three hundred sixty-eight million since it came out. Good, That's doing really well. But you like yeah. the movie though? Yeah, I you was. Know, I'm not a big cartoon fan, but oh, it's a cartoon. Yeah. It's an animation, yeah. Oh. Yeah. Some have called it the best animation ever made. Uh, I'm sorry. That would be Beavis and Butthead do America. (laughs) Get in line. (laughs) All right. More uh, coming up in just a second. First, uh, let me tell you about an interesting little fact that you probably hadn't heard between last year and this year. Veterinary care prices for your pets have risen an incredible 33% That's insane. And it also means that if you have an emergency situation with your pet, you could be on the hook for a ton of money really quickly. That's why Embrace Pet Insurance exists. To give you peace of mind when it comes to your pet's health. Don't let those rising prices be what stands between you and taking the best care of your pet. With Embrace Pet Care, you can visit any vet or emergency clinic. And if you have multiple pets, you can get a 10% multi-pet discount. They have 24-7 helpline and optional wellness rewards programs to help out uh, and to help ensure that you prioritize preventative care for your pets. So that's really kind of the wave of the future. Don't wait for the unexpected to happen. Join the massive community of pet owners who trust Embrace Pet Insurance to protect their pet. Head to EmbracePetInsurance.com Unleashed. EmbracePetInsurance.com slash Unleashed. Sign up for pet insurance today. Make sure you go to EmbracePetInsurance.com Unleashed, or else they won't know that I sent you. Pat Gray Unleashed. Missed an episode?
8: Catch up anytime, anywhere podcasts are found. Pat Gray will be right back.
1: Hmm. This is interesting. Uh, Aircraft lavatories have been getting smaller and smaller as airlines try to squeeze in more seeds they can get a half an inch per row with less padding in the seats Hmm. uh they've been removing closets making the galleys where flight attendants work smaller they're serving less food too so you know there's less to store there and they've been making the bathroom smaller too the biden administration though plans to do something about that of course because that's their business One of the main jobs of the American president is to ensure bathroom size on aircraft. I think we all understand that from the U.S. Constitution, right? Um, That was
2: was kind of foreshadowing (sighs) a tweet earlier this week from Kamala. Or she was
1: like, "Oh, we're gonna,
2: we're gonna fix
1: yeah bathrooms." What was the stupid phrase she, she used? The majority of domestic flights do not have accessible restrooms. This is absolutely unacceptable. Our administration will soon announce a solution to uh-huh. help this inequality or inequity. Okay, jeez. Uh, Get in, out of Inaccessible here.
2: bathrooms. I swear, I thought that the payoff was going to be something with like trans bathrooms. When I saw oh, that tweet.
1: Yeah, that wouldn't surprise so me.
2: So inaccessible, to, I mean, I don't know to whom, large people, I, I, I don't yeah. know. I mean, I, I mean I, they, there's not a lot of room. No, and I don't mind a, uh, I mean, yeah, look at that. Look how cramped that is. That is rough. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's not comfortable. But. And I, I'm with you. I don't mind them making this adjustment, but I don't it's want. It's not their business. It's not
1: the role of a government no. to do this. Nope. Nope. You know, if the bathroom becomes so small that you can't use it, people will stop flying your airline. Right, right. I like Let that. Let the market work it out. That's a good bathroom
2: right there, man.
1: Yeah, that one's pretty big. That. Whose is that, I wonder? I don't know. That's probably one of the long haul, you know, like oh, transatlantic yeah. or something. Yeah. That's the first class bathroom. First right class there. bathroom. Business, yeah, and that's class, that's, first that's class. where you and I that's where we go. Yeah, right. <laughs> see if you can squeeze in here yeah good luck and uh That's good luck finding serious? the flush the way to flush the toilet too because it's not obvious usually
2: and i am not being i'm not kidding when i say this i bet there are a like i'm not trying no pun here large number of people mm-hmm. who probably have to back into bathrooms i've never seen it myself
1: mm-hmm. but, i wish jeffy was here to comment on that yeah Well, Uh, first of all... That's not Fat Guy City, that's for sure. (laughs) That would actually...
2: Can you imagine, though?
1: First of all,
2: if mm -hmm. if we were a true free market society, how great would that be to be the first company to say, yeah, we have... You uh, know what?
1: We're going to have a luxurious, really nice bathroom. Yeah. Just fly the friendly skies for Mm -hmm. our port-a-potty setup. I mean... Yes. Somebody will innovate that. Somebody will do that. You could you could put,
2: like, brass. Uh, you could just make it case. nice. Yeah, make it just a yeah. luxury bathroom. Uh-huh. You could. Southwest Airline you could. for
1: your Southwest. <laughs> luxurious bathroom needs. I would be surprised if they led the way in that. But you would be surprised? I'd be surprised. Well,
2: they have their niche with uh, two bags fly free. Right, I like that. I that I constantly take advantage of. Thank I you very like much. I that. So, I mean, let the free market figure this out.
1: Right. Ugh, government. The only problem with Southwest is they don't fly out of DFW, right? Yeah, they play love Love Field. Love Field. Yeah, it's, no. it's,
2: Love Field's easier
1: anyway. I despise DFW Air No, it's confusing. <laughs> really confusing. Uh, all right. We got uh, Joe Bastardi coming up. We'll talk about climate change this and more. This is Pat Gray. Unleashed. Welcome to the show, Joe Bastardi uh, from WeatherBell.com, and of course, uh, uh, Joe is a common sense guy and not a huge proponent of man caused climate change. <laughs> uh, Joe, it's been it's been really hot, and like every story on the internet right now is about how hot it's the hottest time the planet's ever seen. Blah 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 blah. It's hot in Europe. It's hot here in the U.S. It's hot. Um, so. Is the planet warming?
8: Yes, the planet yeah. is warming, but what they're doing is, and I wrote a book on it, The Weaponization of Weather in a Phony Climate War, right? Mm-hmm. They're weaponizing the weather. You could see this coming. <laughs> you can see this coming. It even is actually two chapters in the book on COVID, how COVID, uh, you know, was going to be a warm-up for what they're going to try to do with climate controls mm-hmm. and things like that. But, you know, the, the so-called global temperature, it's fascinating. The reason why... Uh, the global temperature has been tipped so warm is because of abnormal warmth just north of Antarctica. There's a narrow strip of temperatures that are 15 to 20 degrees Celsius above normal. Mm. And you say, "Well, wow, how heck, that's a lot." Uh, well, it, a what happened? No, the reason that the reason that happens is there's excess water vapor in the air. And when it, uh, water vapor, people don't understand the function of water vapor. See, the colder it is, the less water vapor you need to make it warmer. Okay. For instance. When it's minus 40, one-tenth of a, of a gram per kilogram of water vapor will warm the temperature, correlate to a 10-degree warming. I've you said that for years. You need – you, you well, it's important because yes. the mm-hmm. bulk of the warming is occurring in the northern latitudes at okay. cold times of the year or – like, like what we're seeing now is the southern latitudes around Antarctica right yeah so well, uh, yeah I tell people yeah guess what's going on down there It's way above normal but it's snowing much more than normal and it's mm. cloudy and all, mm. all this other stuff's going on but that gets factored in if you go if you go from the where, where 99.9% of human beings and lives uh, lives thrive, it's a push right now. Oh, well, Hi, gosh, it's getting hot in Texas in the southwest. We have one of the coolest, wettest springs on record right. in the western part of the United States. You know, we have wildfires mm. that are at record lows right now. And, you know, what about mm. we're telling people that's not going to last because the cool, wet spring we had and all the snow. Mm-hmm. Guess what? More foliage. Guess what happens when it dries out? Hello, yeah, it catches right? fire. So you, what'll what'll happen is, and we'll see if I'm right. In October, those the worst wildfires we've ever seen in October. Well, it was set up because of the fact that the weather was going the other way. Oh, see that that's climate extremes, right? It went one way, <clears throat> way to the other. This has been happening time eternal. And you mm. know what my problem is, Pat and Keith. I know what happened before. See, you get punished for no. Today is very very weird. From the when I grew up when I was a kid in the '60s and '70s. You were sort of punished for what you didn't know. Let's say you get a question on test. You don't know it. You get mm-hmm. Now, you get guys like me say, well, wait a minute. Uh, how did Providence, Rhode Island go under 13 feet of water in 1938? It's not like it's New Orleans, right? Right. <laughs> right. Or right. how did the 1927 flood occur in Mount Pelier, Vermont, which was a lot worse than what we just saw? Right. There were over a thousand... And they're calling
1: it unprecedented. No,
8: it's unprecedented in their their narrow time frame of 40 to 50 years, mm-hmm. all right? And when they say on press, well, like, for instance, Al Gore uses a classic uh, situation where, oh, well, look at all the damage that's being done. Okay, if you drove Hurricane Hazel into Myrtle Beach today, it'd probably be a half trillion dollar storm. Right. But in 1954, Hazel went in October 14th. Hazel goes in as a category four on the North Carolina coast. So it's mind boggling to see a storm mm. that strong, that late, that far north, right? But it causes, what, $100 million of damage because there was nothing there, all right? right. So this idea that you could just, and, and, and I, I wrote an article on CFAT called Marxist, uh, you know, uh, Marxist Meteorological Misinformation Media or whatever it is. This is classic Marxist presentation of the weather. And I'll tell you why. People go, oh, you're saying that stuff. <laughs> Think about what they did the Soviet Union, the Nazis did. They told, mm-hmm. uh, they told elements of truth But didn't tell you the whole truth. Now, did they? Right? Mm -hmm. So what we see here, and it comes down to spiritual matters to me, if truth is a trait of God, can we agree on that? Mm -hmm. We're believers here. truth. And Mm -hmm. what is non-truth or hiding the truth or hiding the total picture, which would contradict exact uh, Proverbs 25, two says it's the glory of God to conceal a matter to search that matter out. The glory of Kings. What happens when men start concealing Things. who are they mm-hmm. playing okay what better what better challenge uh, you guys would probably all think alike that the state is trying to replace replace God mm-hmm. all right so right mm-hmm. I, I mean I, I don't know how uh, you can't come to that conclusion given the idea that we're supposed to be dependent on God and you know my my personal opinion is all these challenges we see today, Make you understand, hey, there's a devil, he's working, I can't beat him as a human, who do I turn to? See, that's that's how I keep myself sane in an insane world, all Mm -hmm. right? But what happens is, when you are concealing the total picture, when you don't tell people, hey, we just had the coldest May and June back-to-back in the Arctic, on record, right, north of 80 degrees north. Mm -hmm. All right. Or how cold it's been in India or how cold it was in China before it got warm. Right. Or uh, we had snow in Morocco the last two weeks of May. Now, of course, it's boiling, boiling away over there now. They're very, very hot. But you, when you don't tell people these things and Mm -hmm. all they hear is the same thing. And as I said, the weaponization of weather. Yep. Right. It was interesting about that term. Uh, I came up with it uh, back in uh, Hillary Clinton, actually, inspired me to do that. We had a Hurricane Hermine was hit in Florida on September 11th. September 11th is the height of the hurricane season in 2016. It was a Category 1 hurricane. At the height of the hurricane season, it hit in Florida. Shock, right? <laughs> she goes, well, this is a sign of what global warming is going to do. What? Got oh, a hurricane geez. hits in Florida, right? Yeah. Uh, so I said, they're weaponizing the weather. And then um, uh, the late Rush Limbaugh, I heard him start using that term. And so there was a chapter in my first book, Weaponization of Weather, and I was sitting on set with uh, Hannity. And uh, in, in 2019, he says, you have to write. <laughs> and, uh, you, I don't know if you've met Sean. He's really yeah, you know, yeah. powerful. Per- mm-hmm. You have to write a book on that. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm out writing another book writing books are a pain in the neck this is by the way this is a very good book dark future um but um i said i'm not right you right but i said you know something the more i thought about it the more i think it has to come out mm-hmm. you have to understand what's going on here and if you look beneath the surface you will find it if you want to find it yeah
1: yeah so um so, the weather, the, the temperature has gone up. Is it still 0.9 degrees in the last 100 years Celsius, 0.9 Celsius, or is it more than that now?
8: Oh, well, it's, it's, it's a little bit higher than that, but you've got to understand uh, the warmer it gets, the harder it is to get warmer. And mm. the reason why is because you need a continual input of new energy to continue to elevate the temperature. That's why, if you look at the geological timescale, and by the way, folks, do you know we're in the climate optimum right now? Oh, if what does actually, that mean? Yeah, we're in a climate optimum. We're not quite as warm as we've been in some of the other eras. So this oh, is
2: the this is the sweet spot. then?
8: We're, uh, we're in the sweet spot. Okay, and it's not like oh yeah, it's where we grow food. Th- that you're exactly right, and yeah. the Earth has never been greener. And the, right. the the problem is too. And I I wrote a, uh, uh, I wrote a uh, blog on CFACT uh, called "It's Summer, Get Over It." Right? Yeah. One of the I mean big, that's great. One of the biggest problems is that I think uh, there's been a decrease in uh, the health of American people in general. Uh, Mm -hmm. The male testosterone is half of what it was in the 1950s of men in their 30s, Mm. all right? Now, what does that mean? That means it's harder for you to adapt. I come in here, you see I'm all, Mm. I'm still competing at bodybuilding, so at my age... (laughs) without doing what RFK is doing, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? I like to get a push-up contest with him. I'll beat him without the testosterone replacement. But what, <laughs> but, but what was funny was, what, what's funny is, I have to stay lean. I cannot get out of shape anymore if I want to continue to compete. So I'm always mm-hmm. cold. I'm mean, freezing, what the heck? I thought there's an energy crisis, right? right? And so I I, uh, I find that, uh, you know, running lean makes me, makes me better. But if you're the average person, think about what's going on today. Think about your average Washington Post climate editor. He goes into work at 7 in the morning and maybe it's 75, 76 degrees. Air conditioned all day, right? Comes mm-hmm. out, it's 91, 92. This is a hellish hot hole. Last year, that's what the Washington D.C. was 0.1 Fahrenheit above normal for the summer. Jeez. And they wrote an article of what a hellish hot hole summer has become in Washington,
2: right? So it's because people are just out of shape and
8: that has mm. something to do with it. Has something to do with the complacency and comfort. That mm-hmm. we're given. Listen, I grew up in College Station in the early '60s, and it wasn't as bad as it was in the '50s. I mean, my dad's an Aggie. I, in fact, I still go down there all the time. And the 1954 Bear Bryant team is legendary because of that 1954 heat wave. 118 guys went out to Junction, and only 22 came back, and they went one in nine. But that became the Southwest Conference what? champion. The the heat wave of the '50s was unbelievable. Mm-hmm. The heat wave in the '30s. 30s I, right. You want to know someone? Mm-hmm. I, my dad, my dad was a meteorologist. All right, mm-hmm. so he would tell me how bad the weather was when he was growing up as a kid. I, I said, "Sure, sure." You know, you walk both ways uphill in the snow, but backwards and bare feet. Right? When I started researching it, it like so often happens when you uh, with uh, that that generation, you find out they knew what they were talking about. Right. Now, the average Texas rancher or farmer, he knows how to cope with this heat. Mm-hmm. But does the average person? that uh, has been told that you're being set upon and this is the worst ever, yeah. right? How do they yeah. cope with this?
2: So, uh, Pat watched a documentary uh, <clears throat> over the weekend, and they made a, a, a claim that um, I think
1: he wants you to address here. Yeah. Uh,
2: what, was it, what did they say? Uh, they
1: claimed that uh, Category 3, 4, and 5 hurricanes have doubled since uh, 2005. <laughs> is that outrageous? I mean, I'm like, no. where are you
8: getting that? No, hold on a second. Hold on a second. Hold on a second. <laughs> what they did was they took a stretch of years, right? We went We went from 2006 to 2017 with no right. major, with no landfall, major right? landfall hurricanes. Right. Yep. And here's the other yep. thing. This is why I've got something called the Power and Impact Scale, where what we have to do is instead of playing around with the Safford-Simpson scale, it's, if it's a, if there's 120-mile-an-hour wind that's one mile wide, you'll mm-hmm. get a Category 3 or 4 rating, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. I want to look at the size of the storms, right. uh, how much? How far out the hurricane force winds uh, extend. 1944? 1944, mm-hmm. 1944, Great Atlantic Hurricane? First of all, it stripped 50% of the screws off the plane that went in to visit it, right? They found, they found wow. a, a diameter of hurricane-force winds of 500 miles, right? Mm. Now, contrast that with, uh, and that was a Category 4, contrast that with Ian, whose diameter of hurricane-force winds was 100 miles, or uh, uh, Donna versus Ian, or Betsy versus Ida. What, got, yeah. got, my My son and I were down in uh, Louisiana for Ida. We're in Baton Rouge, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. The storm's 100 miles southeast of us, and it's like, there's nothing going on here. It's like a backdoor cold front Atlantic City, Northeast, 20 gusts to the 30, right? Betsy, at the same time, was causing wind gusts to over 100 miles an hour in Baton Rouge, right? Finally, mm. you know, we wound up in a parking garage in Hammond, and we saw the show we wanted to see with that particular uh, hurricane. But the hurricane was right on top of us, uh-huh. right? You take, you take Betsy versus uh, Carla versus Harvey. What was the great? uh, What happened with Harvey was it got trapped by a cold upper air low, right? Mm -hmm. uh, So you've got all this tropical moisture coming in, and there is an increase in condensation processes where you have tropical moisture, and because the air is cooling, it rains more. Stick the band over Houston for a day. Guess what happens? Right. But if Harvey (laughs) had kept moving like Carla did, right? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Well, if Harvey had kept moving like Carla did, Harvey wouldn't have had that rain. Now think about this. Harvey's diameter's hurricane-force winds is sent from Corpus up to maybe Matagorda, a little in in there. Carla gave hurricane-force winds to every station on the Texas Gulf Coast. Think about that. Think of the magnitude. Yet they're both category fours.
1: And Carla's the one, wasn't that the one that made uh, Dan rather famous? Wasn't he the one that was out on the beach being blown
8: around? My point is the energy of the hurricanes. These are these are fist of furies now Mm -hmm. instead of these widespread. Mm -hmm. And listen, listen this. If you're going to get a major hurricane hit on the United States. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they won't tell you this. It occurs at phase two of the Madden-Julian Oscillation. People, what the heck? Oh, sure. Right? Sure. Keith yeah. no, has talked look, about look, the Madden-Julian is, Oscillation is, a lot. But that's important to understand that, okay? Mm-hmm. And they develop within two days of the coast, which is good for guys like me because, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, I had, a, I had an article in Fact nine days before Hurricane Ian. Attention, Governor DeSantis. Right, <laughs> mm-hmm. you could see that hurricane coming as plain as the nose in my face. As a matter of fact, you know when last year's hurricane season did not get cranking <clears throat> up, I said, "Oh, I see what I see what's going on now." There's a distortion of the energy pattern in the tropics because the earth is warming to the north more than it's warming over the tropics. So what has happened is, when that happens, it spreads the sea level pressure patterns out. You need cooling, mm-hmm. you need cooler air masses, high pressure to be able to resist the warming, right? So I said, oh, bingo, watch what happens. You're gonna see every one of these storms come further and further west, right? And so we picked out, we, we told people, I mean, we have clients, we have the Bahamas, we have all these clients, we have, have clients in Texas. We said, okay, here's what you have to look out for. I'll tell you what you gotta look out for in Texas with the hurricanes this year. You're probably not gonna see one come out of the Caribbean into the Gulf. You know what you might see? You might see an old front that gets draped in the northern Gulf of Mexico and a piece splits off and comes back west-southwest toward Mm. Texas and tries to hit in the coastal bend, right? As opposed to the big tropical waves that come up.
1: Okay, so Joe, hang on real quick, real quick. Before you get to that, Keith, uh, let me take a minute and tell you about uh, uh, what it's gonna take if, uh, Uh, If all of a sudden our global medication supply chain of antibiotics disappears, it's going to take you uh, having a little bit of foresight and doing a little planning ahead because all of these medications are coming from China right now. And so uh, there are already shortages. We talked about this last week. There's already shortages of some antibiotics. And if you want to avoid that, get yourself the Jace case from Jace Medical. It's a great way to keep yourself prepared for the worst. It's a pack of five different courses of antibiotics that you can use to treat all kinds of different bacterial illnesses. Things like UTIs and respiratory infections, sinus infections, you name it. It's a great way to be ready for shortages. It's a perfect way to get ready for traveling. Don't get caught unprepared. Go to jacemedical.com, enter the promo code uh, PAT at checkout. That's J-A-S-E, jacemedical.com, promo code PAT.
6: Pat Gray, Unleashed. Unleashed. Okay, so
2: the left has really been leaning on warm ocean temperatures. Oh, the temperature Mm -hmm. of the ocean is rising. What's going on out there, Joe?
8: Well, you know, it's kind of funny. The guys on my side of the issue, I warned them. I kept trying to warn them what was going to happen. (coughs) Because what happened was I was looking at the sea surface temperatures from the 1950s to the 1980s, they were stable. And without, because carbon dioxide relies on alcohol, what we call outgoing long wave radiation, the increase of temperatures and of uh, uh, you know solar, uh, it doesn't absorb incoming radiation. It absorbs the outgoing radiation from the Earth. It needs warming to cause warming. That should be a red flag right off the bat, that it is not what initiates the warming. You need warming to cause warming. So I said, guys, there is something going on because... We were steady state through the 80s. And fortunately, I have a lot of people I'm friends with that are a lot smarter than me, geologists. And one guy, Dr. Arthur Arthur Vitorito says to me, he calls me up and says, have you looked at what's going on with underwater volcanic activity? Mm. And this is totally hidden. The, the mm. What we call geothermal spreading began to increase in the right. late 80s and early 90s. And it is, if you look at that article I had, Sea Fact, okay, Mm -hmm. you will see the direct correlation of the increase in underwater volcanic activity, what we know, because it's sort of like, oh, it's like the Hunter Biden laptop. Just don't look over there, right? (laughs) Right. No, I I wrote wrote an article Uh about that, how it's like that. You know, Mm -hmm. just don't bother looking, right? Mm -hmm. So what happens is the sea surface temperature started going up. So, even when you have these periods where it's leveled off, if it's warming and swarming and swarming, you take off the La Nina, what happens? And what was very interesting They don't is, even talk
1: about that anymore. They don't talk about El Nino, La Nina, right. none of that. Well, is no, and, 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 factored and So, into it
8: so I was trying to say to guys this is, this is our San Jacinto in that we, mm-hmm. we literally, you have pulled them into their own trap and they don't even know it. Because there's no way, there's no way that the the penetration of back radiation, what we call it CO2, penetrates the top millimeter or two of the ocean, can possibly, possibly be warming the ocean so suddenly the way we've seen it. Has to be direct, powerful input. What have we seen? The increase Volcanoes. in underwater volcanic activity. Let me ask you a question, guys. Makes if sense. you If you were to warm a pan of water... Mm-hmm. Would you use a blow dryer or would you use a stove? Okay. <laughs> uh, that's the first thing. Second thing is, what has that done? That has spread out the global wind oscillation, precipitation uh-huh. and moisture. So there are less clouds in the tropics. Mm-hmm. There are less clouds in the tropics. The big, the big long track, the last big long track hurricane was Irma. All these other ones, are they're coming across. You can see them coming across. They don't develop till they get into the coast. They have to get away from what we call the main development region, which, it, which shows a distortion going on. And sure enough, when you look at what's going on over the last 15 years, there's been a marked decrease in cloudiness over the tropical Pacific, the huh. tropical Atlantic. What do you think is going to happen if there's more sunlight Coming into the pattern it's just like out in the west mm-hmm. we clean the air we've cleaned the air so much in the West we don't have a lot of sulfur dioxide in uh, in the air like we used to and that's particulate matter and that and, and, and so some of the warming in the West most of the warming is because of the warming of the Pacific that has occurred but some of it is because we've cleaned the air
2: Wow so you're saying that the reason that we have such uh we're not able to put out these forest fires. Is that where you were getting at with well, the, no, I the know. No, what,
8: uh, what I'm saying, no. Precipitation
2: created because well, no, we the air uh, no, so the,
8: much? no. The the precipitation processes are all there. Yeah. Okay. I'm talking about in the tropics. All the the bang for the buck is. I thought you were talking about
2: out west. I can't keep up with you. I'm sorry. uh, Yeah. uh,
8: (laughs) The one thing I I could chain wrestle the weather, put it that way. Oh, we know. When I wrestled, I couldn't wrestle, but I could chain wrestle. I know what chain wrestling (laughs) is. Just move from one thing to another. No, the the warming that is occurring, all right? I want you to think about this. The oceans have 99% of the thermal bang for the buck, all right? Mm. It's Mm. the oceans. 1% 1% is not going to push around 99%. 0.042% of 1% is not going to push it around. And since man's contribution to the CO2 budget is only 0.03%, do you realize how small your carbon footprint actually tiny. is? Yeah. It's and, tiny. and by the way, you guys, here's what you got to do you got to quit breathing.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I know
8: it's a pollutant. Now, now, let, let me do. There are days let, where I, I consider. I, it. I know you guys. I know this is your show, <laughs> and I come on, and it becomes my show. But what what, what, what happens is I want you. I, I want you to think about this. Okay, think about it. The good Lord created animals to exhale a hundred times more CO two than they inhale. Mm-hmm. Now we all need oxygen. Where does that CO two go? It goes into plants. What do plants do? They put oxygen back. in. Into the atmosphere, they mm-hmm. become more resistant. You know, I was amazed at. It. I drove up here from Houston yesterday, and I'm looking at. Go, wait a minute, wait a minute. Everybody's telling me how bad it is in Texas, and I remember when I was here in 2011. Man, it was just like a desert down here. Mm-hmm. I mean, everything was parched. It's green, the grass like is crazy green, right now. And yeah, that's it, great. That's the other thing. So yesterday
1: you, it was 89 degrees here.
8: Well, yeah, you had a, you had the thunderstorm go through in the morning, which was nice. Yeah, but, but what I'm saying is the plants have become more drought-resistant because mm-hmm. of CO2. Yep. So the basic the basic ending is this. The basic idea is this. Look, when, don't believe me. If it's important to you, if it means something to you, go look for yourself. Mm-hmm. Go look at the entire picture. Don't have a matter concealed from you, from other men. Go look at it. Always, always, always ask something. It was so opposite of what we were in the 60s and 70s where mm-hmm. – a journalist was always, well, that's what they're telling you, but let's go look at the other way. And in this thing, in climate yep. and weather, it's not about climate and weather.
1: Yep, I know. that's. Uh, there's no doubt about that. All right, uh, give us the... the uh you know, wherever that people can get more well, we'll information from out. you, yeah. we'll tweet it yeah. out. See okay. Yeah, tweet it out. Yeah, that's where your blog, yeah, blog started. Weatherbell.com. Yeah, mm-hmm. and
8: I've got i I've got, a, I've got a, I'm writing another book called a fun book called for for the love of the weather. Right. All right. Of all the great the great things, the beautiful stuff. Part of my part. Of my, listen, my mom and dad just passed away. We got ten seconds. Okay. I've loved the weather since I was three. Yep. I, it, just like it, you love your kid, mm-hmm. you don't want to see your kid abused. I don't want to see what I've loved since I was three mm-hmm. abused, and that's what's Appreciate going
1: on. It. Thanks, Joe. All right. God Thanks bless for you. for being a voice of reason. This is Pat Gray Unleashed.